Hello, and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we connect with marathon swimmers around the world to find out how they got started, what makes them tick, and why they keep going. It's where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers, the connections that we have with each other, our support crew, and the waters we cross. If you've ever stood at the edge of a body of water and wondered what it would be like to swim to the other side, you're in good company. I'm Shannon Keegan, marathon swimmer, water relationship coach, and founder of Intrepid Water, where I virtually teach swimming freedom. Freedom to get started, shed the confines of the pool, or your preconceived notions of what's possible. Find out more at intrepidwater.com. Hello. Today, I'm excited to share with you the Marathon Swim Stories Summer Series. It's been a bit of a busy summer for me as the world's opening back up. I can't always track people down for interviews. So I thought it would be fun to do a remix of some of the questions asked of guests in season one. I hope that you'll enjoy this series. I look forward to some fresh conversations around September. Until then, I always love to hear from you. You can drop me a line anytime, shannon at intrepidwater.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast, share these amazing stories, and just keep swimming. Where is your favorite place to swim? Um, first, I have to congratulate you. Your questions are awesome. They're epic. And um, so it's interesting. I thought about it. Um, and I have to say, I, I, I've swum in some of the most amazing places, as all of you have. And the more I think about it, I don't know that I could pick one favorite place. I think because when I, when I thought about it, it has so much to do with why I'm swimming, where I'm swimming who I'm swimming with, if I'm by myself or with a group. And I'm also a very, there's certain parts of the day that I love to swim. I love the afternoon sun. I just love when that sun is setting and I can see it on my shoulders and I'm swimming. So I could be swimming in the crappiest lake, dodging logs and leaves or in a big ocean, but it's that time of the day and the people that I'm with. So I can't, I can't really pick a favorite favorite, although some of the, the places I've swum were just exquisite. And I know there's a million that I haven't swum in yet. So I think I would have to say my favorite thing is who I'm swimming with and when I'm swimming. I won't pick a, a body war. So I kind of didn't answer your question. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I refuse to answer <laughs> Well, it always was hands down La Jolla Cove, but in the last couple of years, the seals have kind of taken over the little beach there. Um, and when they're in residence, it smells badly and the water is polluted. But like we've been going out in January on Martin Luther King weekend and the tides are really rough and the seals aren't there. So the water is great. Um, Tracy is gone the last two years and um, it's still my favorite place to swim. My favorite place to race is the Hudson River. Even when it's beating you up, 
you got the current with you, it will push you like you wouldn't believe. I still tell Janine she had an 11-minute mile when she swam Manhattan when she was in the Hudson. So the Hudson is a great place to swim. Um, is that swimming favorite. or flying, Mark? <laughs> um, it's kind of like a torture fest. Ah. You know? The the year uh, I completed Manhattan, we had 35 mile an hour headwinds in the Hudson. And you did, I just put my head down and just let the river do the work. Because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be able to swim fast. My favorite scar swim is Canyon, which is beautiful. And today's picture on Facebook is Cottesville Beach in Perth, which is probably about the prettiest beach I've ever swum at. But it's full of jellies. Um, my favorite place to swim here, so probably a couple of places where I live now, um, there's a loch 15 minutes from the house, Loch Tay. Um, it's 15 miles long. It's not the warmest place. Um, in the summer, it goes up to 12, 13 degrees centigrade is the max it goes to. Um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful place to go and swim. Is that where you swim, like, do a lot of your training swims? Or? Uh, yeah, so that's my main training bit. There's a beach that we could go in and do laps across, especially when the water's colder. Once it gets warmer, you can swim up the shore, and there's kind of a 10K loop that you can do to do training. Sometimes my dad just comes out in a boat, and we just go up for a couple hours, turn around and come back. Um other local spots, there's a river, the local, the big river that comes through the village I stay in. Further down, there's a bit that you could go and swim. So my mum used to just go and sit and do her knitting on the bench. And I swam underneath her at the river and just don't move for a couple of hours. And then when I first started swimming outside as a kid um, in Dundee, there was a harbour where we used <coughs> to train and do woods across the harbour as kids as our training. So that's kind of where all my training has been around. Uh, my favorite place to swim is the one where I can swim right now. Now, um, you know, Aquatic Park and Tahoe um, are probably my, my favorite places. Tahoe because it's the site of my first failure, my first success, and Aquatic Park because it's so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most most people have swum in Aquatic Park that I can see. And, um, nah, yeah, I know. Um I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not glamorous, but it's a great venue for so many things. You know, I, I spend a lot of time in the gravel pond at Chatfield here in Denver. Um, you know, it's like 900 meters by 300 meter little pond in Denver. But I couldn't even count the hours that I spend there. Um, it's a pretty special little place and, you know, kind of in the middle of Denver. So, you know, I'm very partial to Chatfield. There's some really beautiful high altitude lakes here in Colorado that, you know, I love to get into. Water's really clear, really cold. Um, so, you know, some special places there, you know. I grew up, my grandparents had like this little cabin on a lake in Oklahoma, you know, and it's like hot, you know, that water's like 90 degrees in July, um, you know, but, you know, that's one of my favorite places to be, you know, out on the water with family. So there's just, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good bodies of water out there. And um, I had a friend a while back, he made me like make my top 10 places to swim, um, my top 10 favorite lakes. And like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life is pick 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
can't I have a hundred? There's right? so much water. There's so many. Like, yeah. Right. You know? And what if I find somewhere new? Like I can't pick yeah. now. Ask me again when I'm like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I love doing granny swimming anywhere. Where you do you know what I'm talking about? Where you just you may not even put on a swim cap and you put your tie your hair up on the top and you just are like <laughs> heads above the water and you're just I I let my bio preen float me and you're just sort of just experiencing and being in the water and it's not necessarily like you're trying to go anywhere yeah. and you're just watching and letting the water rush over you. So that's pretty much anytime I can do that anywhere. It's pretty amazing. Um, I, well, I've been back to the English Channel three times. So I think that speaks volume. There's definitely some in the Ocean 7 that I probably will never go back to. Um, but I've gone back to quite a few places. I really love swimming up in Alaska. The community up there is really amazing. So I've done the Panic Island Challenge quite a few times. Um, they were probably the, my real first intro into the cold water swimming community. And they just opened their arms and brought me in. And I knew nothing. I mean, nothing. They were talking about hypothermia. And I was like, okay, well, what are the signs of that? Um, before I got in for the race. So that's always held a special place. I think it has to be look feel. Yeah, it's just... Um it's just such a spectacular place. It's kind of surrounded by hills and you've also got the, the famous um, Harry Potter viaduct. Um, so if you go out, you can actually watch the steam train going across the viaduct from the middle of the loch. <laughs> but oh, it's, wow. it's so beautiful. It's just just the light on the different, you know, different the hills and when it's snowing and yeah, it's just a lovely place. Hello, Marathon Swim Story listeners. If you enjoy the stories of marathon swimmers as much as I do, you have got to check out the book One Stroke at a Time by South African marathon swimmer and coach Sue Ush. Use code MSS10 to get 10% off the ebook. Head over to swimfast.co and click on ebook to order your copy. That discount code again is MSS10. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Tell us about one of your all-time favorite events that you've participated in. Um, you know, it's funny. I think my favorite, my first first favorite was when I did the, the my very first open water swim. I still love that swim. That was the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did that on a dare. And a friend of mine said, you know, you can swim around the Statue of Liberty. And I had never even seen the Statue of Liberty. And um, that's just still a moment in my brain that I'll never forget. Um, and I, you know, stopping under her feet and looking up and just it was just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. You know, with Manhattan in the background, I love swimming around Manhattan. I love the swims I've done around Manhattan. But I think the one that I did the most, I did the North Channel in July, and that was great. But I'll tell you, I went and I did um, Ned Dennison's camp in Cork. I love swimming in Ireland, around that little island in San Cove. Yep, yep. So... I think that was that was probably my favorite. And again, the people. It was the people yeah. um, that really make it. And, and not just the swimmers. 
the, the, the little kids that are sitting on the wall watching us do what we do. Wow. And the like the little ladies that serve us sandwiches. And that's why that made it so cool. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. yeah. So that was cork distance week that you were. That's cork distance week. Yeah. And, but you can go even, you know, the funny thing is, and that again is what I love about the open water community. And I think all of us do. I love getting in touch with the fact that there are people that do this all around the world. You don't know their names. They're not big swimmers. They're just ordinary people. I mean, that's what I want to be. I want to be that 90-year-old woman who toddles down to the lake and jumps in. And people just look at you and go, who is that woman? You know, um, In Cork, in Kinsale, when, when, when Ned has that, there's a whole culture. You just see families going down and, and swimming there. And that's why I think I love it so much. You know, they don't really care who you are. They're just swimming. Yeah. Just lovely. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. I've not, so that was a long time ago. I did all the events. Over recent years, I've done less and less events. Um, I've swam, yeah, for the last 20 to 30 years, open water. Recently, SCARS, probably the one that stands out. So my two probably favourite events overall throughout the whole time of SWAM is probably SCAR and Loch Erne in Ireland. SCAR is amazing. Like I met Mark and a few others in the room, Molly and stuff um, at SCAR. And I did Catalina the year before and Becky, who was on my boat, had talked me into or encouraged me to go to SCAR and I've been back and done it again since then. Um, and I just think just the way everybody helps each other out, just as a bit of a road trip, it's not so serious. The events in Scotland, it's all about performance. It's all about speed. It's all about the fast guys. Most of our swims are wetsuit compulsory because of the rules. So for me, SCAR was a breath of fresh air and kind of motivated me to get back into it because a lot of the stuff I do is solo swims. Most of the stuff now I do is all solo. And SCAR is just quite nice because it just makes you feel like you belong somewhere. Whereas I'm kind of looked at like a freak half the time, the stuff that I do, because there isn't many of us here do what I do. So, yeah. So I'd say Scar and Loch Erne in Ireland, as I say, it was my first long swim. I've done that swim 14, 15 times now. And yeah, it's just a lovely swim. Yeah, see, that's hard because they're all like my children. You know, like it's hard to pick. I mean, I don't have children, but I have cats and, you know, you like them in different ways. And, you know, I think it's hard to single out a, a particular one. Um, I think if I had to, if I had to choose one, I would probably say like Ponderay because um, it was something I really wasn't sure I could do. It was uh, 32.3 miles, which for me was, was a step up in distance. Um, it hadn't been done before, so I wasn't even certain whether it could be done. Um, and uh, it, 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 I think on that swim, I just had such incredible support from the local community. Um, and I really felt like I connected with people who weren't part of marathon swimming. They were just enthusiasts of the lake and the local region and stuff. And, um, you know, it was just a really, really special experience to be part of that and to um, kind of see, you know, again, like I said, a, a part of the world that you know, I would have never dreamed to go to northern Idaho for any other reason other than to see this big lake. And, and now it's, it's like my lake, you know, and it's, um, it's, uh, that was a really cool, that was a really cool experience. Yeah. There was a videographer who came along with us and he put together a little five minute film about the swim. And it, that's like a really cherished 
um, artifact <laughs> that I have from that swim. You know, it's, um, I think he did a beautiful job capturing what it was about and why we were out there. Uh, I found out, I didn't know about SCAR. I, um, I had heard of the Tampa Bay Marathon swim. And so I started training for that. And in the process of training for that, I met this guy at Lifetime Fitness that he would train outdoors all winter with no heater. And I was like, hmm, I bet I could do that. Let me try that. So I started swimming outside with him. And then eventually, I guess he's like, this girl's not going away. Um, so we started talking and he started telling me about SCAR. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for that. I did. And it's like, I met a lot of people and learned a lot about events. That's how I discovered the Boston Lighthouse swim is because uh, I think Kent put it on his um, uh, website. And um, so I signed up for that too. And I was actually supposed to swim. I mean, everybody had heard of the English channel and I'd signed up for that, but uh, I just wasn't in the right place to be able to do it at that point. So, um, so I skipped it that, that year in 2017. So I ended up doing SCAR and um, in the Boston Lighthouse that year. So. Um, probably like Zurich, actually, like Zurich in Switzerland. So. Um, and those are, so I was kind of trying to distinguish like a place that you really like going. Would you consider Scar that place like that you just like to go swim or is that, would that be more like your favorite events? Uh, the place I love to go swimming is, is Africa, but, um, yeah, we've got crocodiles and hippos, which are probably not, yeah, um, they're a bit bigger than my, bit bigger than I am, so, so I, <laughs> I mean, I, I have looked at a few in South Africa, in uh, Malawi, which uh, this year it was cancelled. I um, might go next year, which is a 21-kilometer swim, I think it is, across uh, Lake Tanganyika, I think it is. So I have looked at that one. Um, my father's trying to do, get me to do Kariba, which is a, a lake where I'm born in Zimbabwe. It's the biggest man-made lake in the world, so it's a 300-kilometer swim. It would be a it would be a stage thing, but um, because it's full of crocodiles and that, I'd probably have to do it with it in, in a cage. Wow! Yeah, Is that on the radar. Um, <laughs> when my when when my wife is not listening, yeah, <laughs> I'd love I'd love to try it, but it's 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 hot. The temperatures are really really hot there, um, so I'd probably be swimming from like. Probably swimming. If I if I did ever do it, it would probably be uh, starting at three o'clock in the morning, sort of thing. Oh wow! I wouldn't be swimming. I would. It's hot all the all year round there, wow. so I wouldn't be swimming during the day. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd Crazy. swim th three till about nine, ten, and then maybe um, four till six, sort of thing, in the afternoons. Oh. It's wow. not something you could do. You'd, you'd, you'd get totally roasted. You'd get totally, even with zinc oxide on, you'd get totally roasted. Right, yeah, wow. Oh, man, yeah. Like, I've gone back and forth on what my answer was this, to this was going to be. I'll give you two or three. It's okay. Yeah, I know. Well, so I've, I've only actually done, a, like, I've only actually done, like, a handful of marathon swims. So, like, there's not that many. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess Boston Light is probably a favorite just because of the personal history that I have with it. I mean, like that, that epic failure, uh, <laughs> the first year and that was, that was just me not knowing what I was doing. Um, but then I, I did go back and, and complete it in 2014. And now, you know, I'm, I'm helping out Greg and Elaine, well, helping out Elaine now, um, in, in the organization of the event. But then last year I did a double of Boston Light. So you start on the beach 
in South Boston and you swim out to the lighthouse and basically tag it and turn around and, and go back. And that was, that might've been one of my favorites. It was, um, I actually had, I had actually wanted to do a cold, like a really cold swim. Like I wanted to push the limits of how far can I swim when it's really cold. And so I chose to do the double in June thinking June in Boston Harbor, it's going to be really cold, right? Like I wanted something in North channel range temperatures. Um, and then we had a heat wave and I showed up and the water was like 60 <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, this is going to be fun. And so I'm like, I'm swimming and Greg O'Connor was my observer and we're swimming along. And at one point I was like, Greg, you told me this would be a cold swim. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't, I mean, but I think it was one of my favorites. I did learn a lot that day. I actually, that was one of those days, you know, when you get in the water and you just feel like crap and like, it's nothing particular that you've done. It's nothing, you know, it could have, it, it just, you just feel bad. Like it happens in practice. It happens in training swims. It happened that day when I was going to swim 16 miles. Um, and so that was a challenge um, just to like mentally tell my body to shut up and keep swimming. Uh, I was still having fun, uh, but it was like, I learned what it was like to kind of deal with that because previously I had just kind of had relatively good news I don't know like that's yeah, yeah. not a really eloquent way of phrasing it but um so I, I guess that was that was fun um I liked getting out at the lighthouse and celebrating <laughs> and realizing I had to swim all the way back so <laughs> that's probably my favorite so my favorite probably my favorite event ever was the 2010 Boston light swim um I had never been in cold, really cold water before. And I had never been in an event where, you know, there were so many people that had done so many great things. And at Boston, if you've never done Boston light swim, everybody comes the night before and you have dinner together and everybody gets up and introduces themselves and says what they've done. And I'm sitting there and I'm, people are going around the room and they're talking about, um, you know, how they just got back from swimming the English Channel or they just swam Catalina or they just swam Manhattan. And, and I literally felt like just the biggest poser in the world. I was like, well, I swim across the Potomac River and I've done the Chesapeake Bay. And I just thought, you know, oh my, like I am, do not belong here. And when I, you, know, you take the boat out to Boston Light and the water was 56 degrees. And I thought, I, there's just no way I'm going to be able to do this. And when I came up on shore, you know, three hours and 45 minutes later, or whatever it was, I was like, that was so awesome. I mean, I swam out there with all those great people and they've done so many cool things. And then I probably signed up for the Manhattan Island Marathon swim. <laughs> so I think the Boston Light Swim was like my favorite event ever. Um, just because it really, it, it launched this, path that I've been on for the last 10 years. How do you adapt to changing conditions? I think because I've been swimming so many years, and I think because I've grown up swimming outside, I just naturally changed my stroke without actually thinking about it. I think the biggest change for me years ago was when I went to the North Channel, the first attempt when I was 18, uh, that was the second time I'd swam in the sea. I'd done freshwater up until then. Um, quite a few years later, I went to Jersey um, the, in the Channel Islands to do a round island swim. And Sally Minty Gravit um, 
laughed because she's like, why are you kicking out the water? But it was just because my body position was so wrong because I'm that used to fresh water. And whereas now I've swam in the sea a lot more, I just changed my body position without thinking about it. My legs dropped down. So waves, I think I have a tendency to try and almost swim because people keep on asking me and I'm like, I don't know what I do. So I've been concentrating when I'm swimming to try and work out what I do. And I think when it gets wavy, swimming into them, I almost try and swim downhill and push my shoulders down. And then when I'm swimming with them, I kind of lift my shoulders slightly. But I think too many swimmers just go out and train in good days. You need to go and train in those horrific conditions as well as the good conditions so that when you're on a big swim, it doesn't matter what conditions come at you, you're fine with it and you just keep going. Yeah, it's something that I've thought a lot about reading. Um, there are some articles a couple of years ago about endurance and women doing well in endurance sports. I mean, you look at someone like Sarah Thomas and there's some women in ultra marathon running who are, you know, doing as well as the men. And there's this somehow there's this equalizing factor at longer endurance distances for women and men, which I find fascinating. But I also find that what the places I go to to be able to get through things are places that I've been to through personal experience as a woman. I like, I wouldn't say childbirth because that just like happens so much. You just have no control over it. But um, there are things you can, tr- can control in that. So there is part of that. But like my divorce process was just endless. It was a marathon. There were aspects where I just had to be patient and get the, you know, wait for things to just sort of slow their course. But there were also times when my attorney would be like, I would just be so bullheaded and saying, this isn't fair, this isn't blah, blah, blah. And she'd say, Martha, it is what it is. And (laughs) for me, it's like, yeah, it is what it is. And you've got to deal with it. And so I think that that's something that, you know, like when I pulled out of the Boston Light, it was like, it is what it is. I've got to pull out. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, I feel badly. I didn't set a good example for my kids because they're all there waiting at the finish. And then I was like, no way. I, my example for my kids is I care about my life and I'm pulling myself out, you know, that there's this, this balance there. But, um, you know, I do think I've done the Cork Distance Week twice now. And, you know, just hearing people's experiences there. And, you know, I've never even dared do the torture swim because I'm scared of, like, what's going to get thrown at me. I think if I go back, I'll do it. But um, the whole idea that you need to be ready for anything is... um, something that, you know, I've learned from life and then I can also take it from swimming and apply it to life. I mean, like, I can't think of how many times I've thought about the term, it's the Dover coaster, thinking about this current pandemic situation that it's just, so in some way you just got to ride with it and do the best you can. So, yeah. 
keep your head down and keep swimming. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like, keep your head down and keep swimming. Like, my dad, like, even sometimes we'll be out with a kayak, even, like, even this time of year when I'm not, like, I'm not training for anything crazy this summer. So, um, and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's just like, do you mind just, like, putting your head down and swimming? And like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'll explain what's going on or i was like i'm like am i getting pushed yes they're getting pushed that way so go on that side of the kayak because you have to and our i mean if we can have great we can have great training swims but maybe because i've been i don't know i i get weird luck but my dad's learned a lot we've learned a lot from different parts for the currents mm -hmm. so uh, yeah you just kind of keep swimming and adapt your i mean it, try and adapt your stroke so it's at least comfortable and you think you're doing half decent technique mm -hmm. but i've never had to like when I, we do have rip currents off the shore, which I've kind of got stuck in on my own, but I don't really know if it's a rip or an adverse current or something. And I just, you just head for shore. If I, like I try different angles if I have to get back in shore, but there's no, because there's like no actual, you won't know what you're in sometimes if you're getting stuck in it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh, and it's, I've been fortunate enough to never have any issues and, and it, it's hard because even, even the lifeguards are great here, but people don't swim these distances. Like there's a few of us, but very few of us that will swim these kinds of distances. Yeah. And I almost always do it with a kayak anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like bumpy, snarly, grizzly stuff. You know, it's, it's fun. I, it's part of why I think I'm so proud of the men from Agog swim. Cause I like having to tough it out, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> and you. So it's, and, and it's not about getting ticked at Mother Nature. It's about, well, let's, you know, what can my body and mind actually do? And for me, I've got bigger mental strength than physical strength. My, my body, my mind will drive my body till it's got to go to the old, um, yeah, <laughs> do it. Um, so the first thing is um, for how do I deal with adversity? Um, I try, I, I work to identify that it's happening and then I work on techniques to calm my mind when it's happening. And that can happen quickly or it can take a little bit of time. And, and from what I've found is how I react dictates how other people react around me. So if I want the best support and the calmer, soothest support, you know, I've got to behave that way myself. Um, when you asked me previously um, you know, about a crew and, and how you function, I don't flourish when people yell at me, you know, or swear or curse. And, and I know some people, you know, do it out of a reason to, like, just jolt someone into giving a little more, but that, that's actually the opposite for me. Yeah. Um, I'll probably shut down. Yeah. So, so, you know, so adversity, um, it is how you react, and i got to be honest, it's pretty simple. Um, I get up in the morning, I get my pants out, and I put them on one leg at a time, and I just go and say, all right, we're going to have another crack at it. And it could be professional, it could be my home life, or it could be a swim. I'm just going to take it one step at a time and just not freak out about next week because next week's not here yet. I, I try never to look a gift horse in the mouth. Um, if it's really nice and flat, which a lot of people say, oh, I don't like swimming when it's nice and flat. It's too boring. Um, one, I think they're lying. Uh, <laughs> two, I, when, that's, when the conditions are like that, I sort of have a rule, like, please, for the love of God, nobody say what a beautiful day it is. Because then the weather gods or the current gods or the spirits that be will make it challenging. Um, 
I think you just go with it. Um, I find it, if it's going to be hard, I almost prefer it to be hard at the beginning and get easier. Because <laughs> you're, you're like, okay, I'm mentally prepared for this versus having it nice and flat and then having it go choppy on you. But I mean, off swim, you're there for so long <laughs> that you're going to experience it all. I mean, you're going to have a little bit of time where everything feels like it's easy and everything's coming together. And you're going to have times where you're cursing everything that lives and breathes. Um, but the, that's, I think, part of why I love marathon swimming, because it's it's not consistent. It's not um, a controlled environment. And from one minute to the next, it can be completely different. Now, I mean, when I, oh, I failed San Juan. San Juan de Fuca, I failed. Um, <laughs> I there was everything up there uh fog rain wind completely flat calm everything and it was just like let's get on with it i feel because there it was so foggy we couldn't see we got within a mile of land and we couldn't see land oh my gosh that's we could hear the um lighthouse and the foghorn yeah. Um, and a boat passed within like 200 meters of us and then we didn't see it. Oh my so gosh. At that point, the boat crew was like, I think we probably should call this for the day. <laughs> oh gosh. Rightfully so, they should have. I think, um, I think you just kind of adapt automatically when you're in the conditions, you just like breathe into the, you know, I, I usually do unilateral breathing, but breathe into the opposite side and, um, just rolling a bit more with the waves and, and things when they come. Um, I think it's something that I don't really tend to think about. It just it just happens. And I'm quite a stubborn person, so, you know, I'm quite determined that I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Like in the channel, after seven hours, I get told they didn't think I was going to make it because um I was getting taken west and in fact I get taken eight miles west with the current oh and, and um oh I, I just had all these things going through my head you know I don't want to see admiralty chart somebody I don't want to see any photos somebody can else can get my admiralty chart I'll never be doing it again and then I just thought oh I'm just going to keep swimming and see what happens <laughs> I don't know if it's over the years, with, especially with going to court and, you know, you just, you're presented with, you never know what you're going to get when you walk in the door. You know, I've won cases that I should have lost. I've lost cases I should have won. I've, you know, had conditions that I thought were going to be, you know, better than they were or worse or vice versa. And so you just kind of have to go with it. I mean, you just go with the, whatever you're presented with, you you know, you're either going to keep going or you're going to stop. And I mean, you just choose to keep going. And I, I mean, I find I'm able to kind of put it, just compartmentalize it and kind of put it over, over here and you just focus on the goal and the task and you just keep moving ahead. Thank you to Louise Darlington, Mark Spratt, Elaine Howley, Colleen Blair, Susie Dodds, Sarah Thomas, Elizabeth Almond, Kelly Latimer, Jesse Harowitz, Graham Schlachter, 
Martha Wood, Charlotte Brin, Michelle Macy, Morag Hughes, and Courtney Polk for sharing your introspections on marathon swimming. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you were inspired by even just a moment of this story, please share it with a friend. You never know what might push someone out of their comfort zone so that they can find out what they're capable of. And please leave a review with your podcast provider. It truly helps others discover the raw and honest stories of these amazing endurance swimmers. Thanks for listening.